0: Shit, what's going on here? I think everything should be working, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry folks, just let me uh check in for a few things. My internet's been a little wonky. A little update if you guys can hear me. My internet service provider. I- I'm not sure what's going on lately. My internet's been a little fucking wonky. It's been kind of give or take. That's pretty much how that's at least on the internet front, so My, at least the quality of my audio is a little iffy if you're listening live, but if you listen on the download and all that kind of shit, you, you really shouldn't run into too many problems. At least I don't think so, but you know what? We got a lot of things to talk about today. This is the rum and apple show. Uh, it is a little later than usual. So if you guys hear me pause for any extended length of time, you know, I'm doing something suspicious, things like that, but We got some gaming news to talk about. We got non-gaming news. Well, we got maybe one thing on non-gaming news to talk about. But one of the first things that I will bring up today is... I I didn't even know, for anybody who knows this, uh, Super Troopers 2 is actually finished production. I got a level with everybody. I had no idea that Super Troopers 2 was even happening. But apparently, it was a crowdfunded sequel and it's pretty much nearly finished and i'm i'm really interested about this i i have to be honest because i am oh my god i'm stepping over cords people bear with me i don't want to break anything on my fucking new setup and stuff but you know super troopers too i like the first one it's funny it's a great stoner comedy it's it's just a good it's just a good funny little comedy in in itself so I had no idea that they're even making a new one. So for me to kind of just figure this out now and know it's all pretty much already almost done and the Kickstarter is doing pretty well, as far as everything looks, I'm kind of just going, yeah, this is a, this is a movie, a like a, a, a number two, a sequel that I'm not entirely against. I'm not immediately against it. I don't look at it and go, Oh no, oh, you terrible, horrible, hollywood cash in i mean it wanted it, it, that's not at all what it is i mean broken lizard raised 4.6 million dollars on indiegogo to even make super troopers Two possible so it's all been based on the fan base of super troopers i would think i mean who else is going to donate money to uh, their crowdfunding unless you're a fan of the movie unless you're someone like me who didn't even know they did a crowdfunding at all but I am happy to know. Wow, probably peeking your eardrums. But I am happy to know that at least we have it now. That's good. I think it's good. But, yeah, there's really not much more to say. I'm just kind of amazed that Super Troopers even got a second second going, and it's, you know, through the fans that it got crowdfunded. But, yeah, I just thought I'd tell everybody because I was kind of surprised, like I said earlier. But uh, a former IO devs have discussed what's going on uh, with Square Enix's own departure from IO themselves. And Echo is uh, a game, but uh, this is just, these are Echo, the game, their developers. Some of them make up a percentage of the development team, and some of them are former IO developers in themselves. So we're going to get a, I mean, they kind of had a few opinions when it came to that matter Uh uh-oh okay uh well looks like my stream is getting a little fucking wonky so i apologize if you guys didn't even know they did a crowdfunding but uh from wherever i wherever i left off at truthfully wherever you guys can hear me or wherever you pick me up i am happy to know that at least we have it now shit i'm sorry Sorry, everybody, my connection is a little fucking wonky right now, and I don't exactly know what's going on. I'm going to try to sort it out right now, but... What the fuck? Okay, maybe it'll work. There we go. It says the stream is back on. I think we're back. What the fuck? Okay, I think we're back. All right, let me get back onto this. <clears throat> Some of the former Hitman developers from IO Interactive, their former IO devs, have explained their own thoughts on, on Square's own split with IO themselves. Now what's going on here? Okay, recently Square Enix and IO Interactive, they departed from one another because IO moved on and kept Hitman for themselves and pretty much bought their way out. But um, apparently Martin M. Borg, the CEO of his new studio Ultra Ultra and game director on Echo, he actually worked on last year's Hitman game before leaving it mid-production. And he goes on to say a few interesting things. And where was it? I had it right here. I apologize. I had it right here. I'm sorry. I don't know where I, I lost it. Here it was. This is what Emborg was saying. He said Hitman's quality isn't the only reason. Uh, he said... Uh, Yeah, Square Enix has hands-on experience with an episodic product and a service product. So he's pointing that out to be another reason why it's a little peculiar to see Square Enix dropping IO Interactive in general, considering that they are moving on to episodic formats. Final Fantasy VII, the remake, is probably one of the most popular ones anybody could cite. So it is really weird. I mean, unless Square Enix is planning to do something in-house... Or they or Square Enix themselves feel that they can, you know, they can put a lid on it and they can handle it. I don't know. It's a little weird. But I just thought that was something that was a bit peculiar. I have I have I have no fucking idea why they would even do it. I mean the split between Square Enix and IO Interactive was strange enough. I mean a lot of people play Hitman. I think the last article I was reading, I think it was about I think it was five million people or something play Hitman nowadays. So it's not as if they have nobody playing the game. There's a healthy core audience still there. So I don't know. It's a fucking weird one. I'll tell you that much. Hope that stream's going okay. I know my internet's been a little wonky lately, people. So like I said earlier on in the show, I apologize. God, you fuckers listening on the download. You guys have no idea how much shit I go through. Just do a live podcast on YouTube and all these goddamn places for people. Come to think of it, I probably need to use Restream.io a little more. I'm just, not, I'm just not certain on it because I've had a few problems with it lately. But that's just my own little problem. If we get onto some different news, Middle Earth: Shadow of War has actually gotten some microtransactions. And sure enough, they were going to get microtransactions. I mean, is this, is this really a surprise to anybody? It, it can't be. It, it really can't be. So let's go through this. Warner Brothers and Monolith, that is the developer in the middle of Shadows of War, they have gone over some of the microtransactions, store, uh, microtransactions in their marketplace, their store, called The Market. Now, in Shadow of War, their market, which you have to be online in order to access the market. Players, gamers, whatever, you could purchase loot crates, loot chests. Of course you could purchase loot chests. And you can even pick the different, slightly different, War chest and XP boosts and bundles, ooh. And Monolith is citing this as an expansion of the Nemesis system. <clears throat> uh, okay, you can cite that all you want, but for here's a breakdown of what's going on in these marketplace items that you can buy or play and grind for. You get loot chests that have gear, weapons, and armor, and it has a variety ranging of, of rarity. And you can equip these, you can upgrade these weapons and armor, enhance Talon's character abilities. Loot chests can only, can also contain XP boosts that help Talion level up faster. Now, the war chests provide orc followers for a varying rarity. Rarity. I probably, rarity, I'm fucking idiot today. Very, varying rarity to help forge a stronger army. They can also contain training orders to level up and customize orc followers. There's also XP boosts. And that helps Talion level up faster, just like in the loot chest. And then there's also bundles. Oh, Jesus Christ. And bundles are a combination of loot chest, war chest, and boost together. And that is supposedly at a greater value. Now, the in-game currency is called Mirian. And you get this in the game by defeating only certain orcs, destroying gear, destroying orc followers for gear. Then you can destroy those for Mirian, or you can find stashes of it in the game itself. You can also buy items with Shadow of War gold. And you can use that, you can get that by spending real money. And gold can also be used to get higher loot ranking, loot chests, war chests, boosts, and bundles. Oh, Jesus Christ. People, this is nothing new, okay? The only complaint I really have here is, one, as far as Middle Earth Shadow of War itself, it looks sloppy. There's a bunch you can do... But, I f- but it looks like you're not even going to have time to enjoy it because you're going to be pulled back and forth across the map to whatever varying side mission or reactionary thing that you have to do within the game. And I don't think you're going to be able to enjoy it as much as a person would want to. I think that's going to be too frantic, but that's just that's just a loose opinion right now before I play it. But these microtransactions, come on, people. Uh, wh- what are we? What are we, fucking Six? Do we have a curtain put over our eyes? Is is Lamb Chops Play Along playing right now? We're singing along? Is Barney the Dinosaur singing the I Love You song? Creepy fuck? Come on, this is day one shit, dude. My my biggest concern is why in a non-multiplayer or... Okay, I know Middle of Earth has... Shadow War has multiplayer. I'll get to that in a second. But my biggest concern here is why is this in this game? Why are Loot Crates in this specific game? I don't like it, but I can almost, sent. I can almost make sense of somebody spending money on a Call of Duty loot box or or a Overwatch crate. It. it if you have to have these dis- just terrible loot boxes that are really just a, uh, it, it's, it's you paying to fucking play a scratch off ticket, a virtual scratch off ticket to gain some type of cosmetic reward that has no real value. It's just padding. It's just you're paying to gamble for padding. It does just it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know I don't know when gamers had a problem just accessorizing. I don't know. I don't even know if it's a cosmetic thing. I just I just don't understand how gamers got conned so easily into the loot boxes. They're just, they're just a money sink. and It's a mobile freemium aspect. That's something that South Park made fun of a long time ago. And now modern gaming's actually reflecting the South Park episode. It's, it, it's insanity. But if I want to get on to... Um... Actually, let me finish my thought. You know, see, the whole thing with the microtransactions, I pretty much summed up what I thought about it there. But look, I don't understand why they're in this particular game. Yeah, now, it does have an online component. Now, Shadow of War does have ranked online mode now. That, if that just doesn't roll off the tongue awkwardly, okay? And if you want to equate it to something, well, probably like the fobs in Metal Gear Solid Five, the Phantom Wallet is probably the best way you can describe it. Unfortunately, this is called Social Conquest, and you can you and players can choose one of their captured nemesis fortresses um, outfitting its defenses, appointing an orc overlord and accompanying captains and making it available to be attacked by online players okay remember what I just said a moment ago about how this is going to be busy body gameplay and it's a sloppy, it 's a sloppily put together game and there's a lot of shit you can do in it but not everything seems rushed and, and, and rough around the edges and I know it's early gameplay that I was looking at but geez i'm i 'm not digging it. I'm not digging the amount of – you know what it is? It's just not interesting. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to the gameplay combat. It's just – it's a little bland. You do the same combos over and over again, the same executions. Oh, you can ride a mount. Right, but the mount kind of moves and it's – if it moves, if it controls the way I think it's going to move, it's probably going to act like a tank on ice and the steering wheel's made out of cardboard. That's probably what I'm going to run into, unfortunately. But Jesus Christ, man. But Middle uh, Middle of Shadow of War has a ranked online mode. Now, what do you do in this? It's called Social Conquest, and I just went into that a second ago. And players can do friendly conquests, <clears throat> and these are considered dry runs, and you don't have any risk, but your rewards are shit. In the ranked mode, players can earn loot boxes and the Mirian, or the currency, whatever it's fucking called, to buy more loot boxes. Uh, Actually, to buy more loot boxes, yes, uh, if they are victorious. Now, if any of your fellow orcs who die in a rank conquest, they're dead forever, even in the main campaign, they're all gone. And so, the attacker needs to capture a series of points before going on to kill the overlord, The quicker you complete the assault, the higher your ranking. The higher your ranking, the better fortresses you can assault. Lose an assault, and that ranking goes down. Okay. People, this is, I mean, I'm sure this is going to be, I guess, where's the fucking merit? I can't find it. I'm, I'm struggling to find any fucking merit. Where is it? Why the fuck does Shadow of War, Middle Earth, whatever the fuck, reverse the two if it makes you feel better? Why Why does it need an online ranked mode? It doesn't. It doesn't. I had no interest in bringing in a friend to play that shitty light online component that they had. I just did a whole editorial series about this on this needless multiplayer element being shored in into a game. And this is a great example of it. I just, I'm not about this fucking game, man. i tried. I have tried. I played the first one. I played Shadow of Boring, okay? And Shadow of War looks, it, it's beyond Shadow of Boring. It's Shadow of Frantic. This, I swear, I feel this is a game developed with somebody with OCD. Fuck all this, man. They got a multiplayer mode that's starting to act a little bit like Metal Gear Solid 5, which should automatically be a red flag. What the fuck is going on here? This doesn't need to be as complicated as it is. This, I, I just disagree completely with Middle Earth, Shadow War, having any type of multiplayer or even adding on to it. I, Jesus Christ, AAA companies. I know more people means more fun, but you're not always right. And not every game demands it. This is definitely one of those games that I don't think fucking demand it. Oh, I don't even know how to feel about it. And I didn't even mean to get riled up about it. But it's something I see consistently and gamers don't give a fuck. For whatever reason, and, and, and I have I have often battled with that in my mind. Am I just too much of a video game purist? Am I am I just at least a older style gaming purist? Am I unwilling to give things a chance? It's no, I, it's not the fucking case at all. Because I realized something. I spend a fuckload of money on these games. I spend a shitload of money on all these AAA releases. You know, I have the Game Pass stuff and I have the PlayStation services and I have the fucking game stuff. uh what do you call it? Uh the Xbox Game Pass, I have the PlayStation thing, I have Gamefly, I have all the subscription servers, I have all this shit. I spend so much of these my fucking money on games, man, and still, so many of them fail to do what games we, like, games even as early in the PlayStation 2, two days could, can just do to impress me. It's fucking upsetting, man, and I wish, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish there were other games that could do it for me. Now, Payday 2 is a modern example of a game I like, and that's a little weird, because that's the one I cite as you know what rubbing apples the one game you cite is a is a modern day always online m- multiplayer fps yes because it's one that makes sense and it actually involves teamwork i mean it really does i mean there's a lot about that game that is very that's very tantalizing i mean i i would play payday 2 over cod any day just like i'll play payday 3 over cod any day when that game comes out but if you move on to a little bit more stuff right now there is something going on <clears throat> over at ubisoft and Ubisoft is talking about Skull and Bones again. Now, why are they talking about Skull and Bones? Ubisoft is talking about Skull and Bones because they're discussing the single-player campaign is a shared narrative and not a single experience. Oh, oh, okay, whatever, Ubisoft. Let me just get through this fucking article, you clowns. All right. Ubisoft Singapore were the ones responsible for revealing Skull and Bones during E3 2017. And in that time, blah, 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 these fuckers are talking about some shit. All right, and here he is. Justin Farron, Skull & Bones creative director, has said the narrative where people can broadcast or stream what they're doing, and this is in reference to the campaign, what they're doing and it's unique experience to that player. So we wanted to take that approach. Like, how do you create a systemic world where every single player's experience is different, and also tie it to a world's narrative where you have to meet historical pirates, historically inspired characters, and that you have a narrative where you develop. They're using narrative a lot. This is up. This is, this is bad. This is bad use of descriptive words at the very most polite I can put them. These fucks. You have a narrative where you develop a bond with your crew and interesting characters along the way. Taking out Kingpins, all those parts, all those things are parts of our narrative, but we didn't want it to be separate, the, that you just consumed and never look bat. Back. Why am I saying bat? I'm fucking retired today. I'm probably a little tired. My brain's a little slow, people. <clears throat> and, um... Farron goes more into the single-player campaign in describing the single-player system, all right? He says, we wanted to create a system that lets us tell our narrative month after month, year after year, and then throw in story elements to it. So if you're a PvP player, you should still feel like you beat the campaign. If you're a PvE player, or like me, I plan on sailing with my... Du- okay, whatever, no one fucking cares. Uh, he wants to be able to go through the story and become kingpins together and be able to tell the same-world narrative Okay, they want to be able to tell the same fucking story through the game worlds that we build. Okay, okay, he fair. I'll, I'll, I wanted to comment on this, but I'll get, I'll get into it in a second. I got it. I got to get back to the rest of this article. This is, this is ridiculous. <clears throat> he goes on to say it's different. There's not a lot of games that do this, but we really think that this is where people really want to experience narrative on a personal level where they can effectively change the world. People always say it's a living, breathing world. Well, we really take that to heart. We want to create a world that actually reacts to things that you do in it. Okay. Don't get me... Don't get it twisted, people. I enjoy what Justin Farren is is saying. Unfortunately, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about because the publisher and developer attached to it is an Ubisoft property. What in the fuck are you talking about, Justin Farron? I mean, I'm sure, you're, I'm sure you're a nice guy in person, and I'm sure you're a wonderful dude, and I, and I like you just as much as the next human being. I hope you keep your job, and you go on to do a lot of stuff within AAA and gaming and whatnot. However, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What is one thing, when you look at multiplayer games and you look at single-player games, when, when people try to bridge the two together, okay? Not even Remedy has made their attempt yet. We have yet to find one fucking game that has done that to an extent to where we all look at it and go, yeah, that's a great example. At least not to my knowledge that I'm thinking of right out the top of my head. I mean, I'm not Googling anything. I'm not running through anything for reference. I'm just, I've literally just sat down and I just got some articles up that I, I saw the other day and I figured I'd talk about them with you. I don't know, man. <clears throat> what was the last good multiplayer that Ubisoft had? Yeah, don't worry. I'll wait. Mm, what? Yeah, we can call it none because I don't think I've ever ha- I played a multiplayer game from Ubisoft that I thought the multiplayer was the component that I wanted to spend the duration of my time in. <clears throat> when I play Ubisoft games, I play them, well, I play them just to get through them so I can understand what happened in the game so I can make fun of it later because there's not a lot of fun in those games anymore. It's just Far Cry has turned into the same old, same old You know, and then Skull and Bones is, admittedly, it's great gameplay. It's going to be good gameplay. That's going to be the strongest selling point about Skull and Bones. But don't try to sell me this bullshit on a shared narrative that is not a separate experience. I mean, look, what does that really matter in the long run when you know full and fucking well most people, when they play multiplayer games, they don't give a shit about the story. Or if they do, they go through it, they digest it, and they continue on. If anything, this is starting to sound a little bit more like a games as a service type deal. But what they want to do is they want to push the storyline and use it like lidocaine and inject it in beneath the ribs, which the ribs are the gameplay elements that are strong. And the lidocaine is just a filler holding it together. That's my biggest fear for this game. Because unfortunately, like a lot of modern games today, they have a good gameplay element in them. Unfortunately, it's not completely thought out. And then they inject some bullshit, mainly story and some other nonsense and other mini games and other things to distract you in it. And you end up with a product that you're probably about 30% confident that you really enjoy and probably about 70% confident that you really enjoy at the end of the day. And you're really willing to keep in your library because that's what it comes down to people. What it really comes down to is collecting is diff not collecting, but your video game collection. Every gamer has one. I have one. I have hundreds of them. All right? Physical and digital. That's combined. I don't know. I haven't counted. I don't fucking care to count. But, I will say this. It's very hard for a game to find its way into my collection. And I'm dead fucking serious. And every single gamer here, I would think you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. To earn a spot in a gamer's collection is a sacred position, so to speak. Because you're not going to let Kanan Lynch in your in your collection are you no 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 you wouldn't do that you're not gonna put minecraft story mode in your fucking games club what what, what are you 12 and if you are 12 and you listen to the podcast well if you if you if you are actually 12 and you play minecraft store in enjoy pat Oswald, he's a he's a funny dude yo funny dude you know what I'm saying good guy But here's what I'm saying, folks. We have the old tried-and-true classics. I mean, if somebody has an old copy of Halo, that's going to definitely stay in the collection. You have a Grand Theft Auto San Andreas or a Grand Theft Auto—not San Andreas, I apologize. Grand Theft Auto A Vice City, the one that had a lot of references from the 80s. That was a brilliant Grand Theft Auto game. Or if you're into retro games, I mean, you know who you are when it comes to that kind of stuff. I I talk to a lot of retro gamers, man. You guys are a interesting bunch. I'll tell you that much. I have never spent so much time in Retro Land until I talked to guys who really do documentaries and stuff on that. Guys like uh, Ian, Historic Nerd. Guys like Yahel Wrestling with Gaming, Genovi, uh, my boy Sean. They're all good guys. And Stika, he's he's a very interesting retro gamer as well. Didn't mean to turn into a plug. I was talking about you know making into your games collection, but it, you ha- it has to a video game has to connect with them on a not only a personal level, but it has to connect with them on a Technical level a technical prowess level of good a solid gameplay back behind a good backbone of a storyline and not so much not Narrative necessarily storyline just a good story a story and you know, you don't have to have a lot with the story That sounds a little counterintuitive when I say that but you really don't sometimes you can get away with broad things as the, the retro gaming market did it a lot. They would get away with broad stories and allow the gamer's mind to fill in a lot of the meat and the potatoes. Now, I know that's not in, entirely possible nowadays, but Jesus Christ, if you looked at the indie market today, I mean, everything looks like Sega Genesis cartridges. It's fucking incredible. You just put a little better feeder system of a storyline element into it. Jesus Christ, you got some motherfucking viewers. You know what I'm saying? That'd be, it, dude, it is what it is. But uh, I want to move on to a couple more things right now, and I got to talk about Star Wars Battlefront 2. I don't really want to, but I will because it's it's kind of important for people who are going to buy it. So Star Wars Two Battlefront class, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two classes fight exactly the same. So they play identically, whether they're droids or the First Order. So there is no difference between the two. So that's lame. Okay. Now, mind you, you you can't y- now troopers ugh, are not. Multifaceted anymore. Cl- classes are back, so Star uh, Dice has um, Dice gave up because they understand where their bread's buttered. And I know Star Wars Battlefront Two is talking about a lot of story, but Jesus Christ, have they found a way to bore me? Because. I got excited for a brief second about EA and Dice developing a good story for a single-player campaign, and then I went, "Oh yeah, oh shit, it's Dice and EA. Oh fuck, EA is developing it. Uh, EA is publishing it. Oh shit, develop. Uh, Dice is publishing it." Okay, well I guess as far as storyline credibility, that shit is about as credible as I don't know, hmm, one of those psychics who believe they can move books pages with their mind. That type of credibility, you know, the type that doesn't have any, no substance whatsoever. So, Star Wars Battlefront 2, back to the point. Star Wars Battlefront 2 is reintroducing classes. You can't uh troopers can no longer use any equipment they unlocked. You got to have a lock set of abilities focused around the class that you have. And that is regardless of what era your sol- your you know, you know your fucking soldier dude belongs to. And uh unfortunate to say the least, but it does tell me that this game sounds a little more generic just as I read it. It's pretty much was what it is. So, here's what we have. You have Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is Star Wars Battlefront 1, just with a story. And they've taken away customi- customization options for you. And they're going to fuck you with loot boxes so you can play your virtual scratch-off gambling tickets, so you can play, accessorize, and dress up your avatar like a puppet or a Barbie doll or an action figure or a G.I. Joe or maybe a troll doll. Or whatever fucking weird doll that you played with. Or maybe a Stretch Armstrong in a very nice G.I. Joe overcoat with a hard hat from some construction doll Ken that you got. This is a weird conversation I got us into. But I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you this much. Star Wars Battlefront 2, it's a problem for me, man, because I see what EA is doing, and it's no surprise. What they've done is they marginally improved the game. They've introduced a storyline into it. However, I, And honestly, eh, you know what? Admittedly, the premise is thought provoking cuz i absolutely do, i absolutely am going to see what the imperials really have to offer because that is something that i do want to see i would love this cuz i do i am i am loving the fact that you know so i am going to see a take on the imperials but i also have to realize and every other gamer i think has this in their minds when they realize this when they think about a game like star wars battlefront 2 okay well guys this is ea and this is DICE. All right, they're not exactly known for this type of stuff. They're, they're, they're most known for multiplayer FPS development on a massive scale. And they can sustain it. Now, I never said they could sustain it to a level that everybody enjoyed, but they can definitely sustain it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just fishy about this entire thing, man. This entire thing is fucking fishy. I don't like any of it. These games are turning into fucking chores. And I I don't know if that's me getting older or me noticing a lot more of the fuckery that's going on in video games right now. Because I I don't know. I'm pretty sure every gamer who listens to my podcast on a regular basis knows I am against a lot of these fucking marketing schemes, these ploys. Because that's what they are. They're ploys. They're tactics. It's subterfuge. But, you know, a lot of gamers don't seem to give a shit. And I can't blame them because they can do whatever the fuck they want with their money. Just unfortunate that they don't care they're getting fucked. But, you want to know something a little crazy? Capcom fucked a couple Street Fighter costume modders. Capcom has filed some DMCA claims against them. So what happened? Right, a pair of modders were struck with notices on the grounds that they were using copyrighted materials to make mods. They also had Patreon campaigns for the mods, meaning they received monetary compensation for creation of these mods. Therein lies the immediate legal reason why they're being taken down. Because Capcom is suggesting and arguing that the modders have no right to be compensated for using copyrighted material, because they are modding Street Fighter material. Okay, so both the modders worked on PC versions of Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 5. And the fighting community is very well aware of these people. That's why it's made such a ruckus, and I understand that. And here's what's been going on. So, these guys are known for, what else? Bikini mods! Because what's better in Street Fighter than... Jiggle, titty physics. I get, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to make this funny, guys. All I know is that they're dudes who made bikini mods, and it gave female fighters b- b- bikinis. Okay, big fucking deal. I don't, I don't care. So they made mods. Okay, and but they used they used Capcom's models. They used Street Fighter Four and Street Fighter Five models on PC. And uh, one of the modders states, the DMCA notice was issued because Capcom is stating that we modders are using copyrighted materials to make our mods and earn something from our work. And, we, and we'll stop offering mods for compensation, but we'll continue to make mods regardless of the DMCA threat. And another one posted on his Patreon page, I just wanted to say that I'm going to quit releasing mods for an unknown amount of time. This is brutal ace for people who uh, are really in-depth into this fighting community because I'm, I'm not. I'm really not. I mean, the most I do is I play I play some fighting games online and I get mollywopped or I mollywop the fuck out of somebody. Either I put the icebreaker on a motherfucker or I get combo-breakered like a bitch and my guy's sleeping. And then I turn into a cake gamer for about 20 minutes. It is what it is. But Brutal Ace is unfortunately not going to be making mods for an undetermined amount of time. I'm pretty sure that he has said... Uh, actually, uh, I don't know. That's a uh, wrong quote. My bad. Um, he doesn't know. He said he knows it's not the best decision, but one only one can face that much hate and salt. Huh. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Capcom is definitely going to push forward with this DMCA notice. Why wouldn't they? Okay? Why wouldn't they? They're going, okay, we don't like what you're doing, so we'll shut them down. Okay. I and mean, that's what's going to happen. It's exactly what's going to happen. And it's unfortunate. And this is this is the weird part. Here's what I here's what I think about this one. It's kind of simple actually. If you consider it, if these guys never were receiving monetary compensation, monetary compensation for the mods that they were using, they might have gotten away with it. Unfortunately, their Patreon campaigns were were revealed and that's i think why capcom got super cunty with them that's pretty much my estimation on it and it's unfortunate because they are well-known guys who mod in the fighting community and it kind of got one guy to just retire pretty much hang up his his modding equipment say fuck you i'm done i'm not doing this anymore now that is a little bit of hyperbole i have no idea how long this dude will be gone he could come back a couple weeks later and say yeah i'm back fuck it i'm cool i just i just got angry or something who knows, man? It's a weird fucking life out there, man. For real. All right, so I find it very interesting about Friday the 13th, the game. Friday the 13th, the game, when I first was coming out and starting development, and it was before, the kicks, before all the crowdfunding was done and before it was on early access, I remember talking about this game. And what I was saying about this game was, I was really heavily talking about how much I like the fact that Gun Media and Illphonic received the blessing and the legal license, which is in legal dispute, but that seems to be only for the movie rights and not affecting the game. So Friday the thirteenth, it seems like it seems like the license got this game to be as popular and I guess I guess as well received as it is. Because if you look at this game, if you look at Friday the 13th the game, it's not that good. Now, I understand that going into it, it was early access and it was indie, so my my bar for quality, it's a lot lower because admittedly when I look when I go into indie games, my bar of visual quality is a lot lower as it as it should be, okay? AAA is a completely different monster when it comes to their ability to, push the technological envelope comparably to the indie development scene. So I looked at this game and I go, okay, the visually it's, it's kind of, it looks pretty good. It looks all right. However, when you play it, it's really rough around the edges and there is a lot of problems with the matchmaking. I, I believe originally that was one of the most publicly noted problems. And that, that's, that's really unfortunate. And look people, there are more games exactly like this. And this is another problem I, I find with modern gaming. This is more this article is more an extension into what I thought was a bigger problem. And I see this with Dark Souls too. Nowadays, with modern gaming, they'll take a successful template style of game and turn it into a genre unto itself. And that is a gigantic disservice to modern gaming and modern gamers as we're going forward because what we're allowing ourselves to do is we're allowing ourselves to become desensitized to the fact that we're just allowing cookie-cutter template stuff to be replaced and slight nuances taken upon it. You know, various tweaks to the, maybe various tweaks to an engine or maybe, or, look, look at, okay. Here's a great example. That fucking piece of shit game, The Surge. It is sci-fi Dark Souls. No different. Same. It's the same. It's the exact same thing. There is nothing different about it. It is just on a sci-fi template. Somebody just put a fucking mask and some aluminum foil and a little tin can and a little cup with a diode on it for a laser beacon pistol thing that goes on the side of his ridiculous armor, whatever. It's just, it's fucking shitty. And, and we've seen an upsurge of Dark Souls-type games that are just clones. And they're bad clones. They're really bad clones. What was that one motherfucking game? Lords of the Fallen? Didn't they try to do that? Let me look that fucking shit up real quick. Hold on a second. Let me look, look up Lords of the Fallen real quick, because I could be wrong. I think Lords of the Fallen was the Dark Souls game. I believe it was. It was that Dark Souls clone. Yep. That's exactly what it was. I remember Lords of the Fallen now. This is Lords of the Fallen people who can uh people who are listening on the iTunes feed. Well, uh, you know, too bad. You you got to you got to check it out on YouTube or one of the video video feeds. But um, I'm looking at the Lords of the Fallen thing right now. Okay, you know, go, go fuck yourself, IG, and I have no interest in helping you. But look, right here, this this game, dude, there's nothing fun about it. It's exactly like Dark Souls, it plays the exact same. It's just a bare bones hollow shell of what Dark Souls actually accomplished, all right, that's one of the problems that I'm finding, and we're seeing the same problems in games nowadays, they'll take something that was a good idea, and then they'll go, okay, we'll just abuse the shit, the same thing is happening with these 4v1 asymmetrical hide-and-seek horror games, it's fucking ridiculous, now, <clears throat> I'm ha- and in a way, I'm happy that, you know, some indie people made- sold 1.8 copies of their game, that's great, but please, for the love of God, fucking fix it. Just fucking fix the thing. Just do what every, just do what everybody else normally does. I, I take that back. Do what should be done on a normal basis. I can't take shit back. It's already out, but just please, we understand that there will be bugs in your game. If it's early access, trust me, I'm not giving a fuck about you, but I know a lot of other people will. I know a lot of other gamers do put a lot of effort and influence in the early access for whatever reason that they do but they did so you owe it to them at that point they're not only it's beyond pre-ordering at that point they're paying you to develop that fucking thing i mean i would think the i would think the commitment to your community would have what is is at its all-time peak when it comes to somebody supporting your game as early access. And maybe that's why I have such a venom and a visceral sound in my voice, like a razor blade when I slice into this type of stuff. Because in a way, I have to. Because that's exactly what it looks like from an outsider looking in. From somebody who doesn't fuck around with early access games, unless somebody gives them to me in a free code, which I appreciate to the people who give me codes. I, I You don't have to. Thank you to the ones that do, but I don't require it. It's definitely not it's definitely not mandatory. Please don't ever think it's mandatory. I buy I buy games on my own merit. I don't want people giving me shit like that from uh real quickly. I could actually say this publicly on the podcast since it's live and all that kind of shit. If you are an indie dev or that kind of shit, man, don't don't send me a key to your game. Okay? Please don't send me it. And and I'll, here's why. I'm not the guy to do it. That that's really what it comes down to. I'm not the guy to you, you should be sending a copy of your game. Do it. Give it to a Let's Player. Give it to my... If you want to send one to me, give it to my guy, Master Roshu uh, or Roshu Gaming. Give it to fucking Shikai Kanto, who's in the chat room fucking dicking around right now. Give it to Baby Raptor. Give it to one of my other listeners. Give Put it on my Twitter feed. Just say, here, free code anybody who fucking wants it. I don't care. Just don't give it to me because I don't, I don't, I don't want a free... I don't want anything coming my way like that. I don't want sponsorships. I don't need any of that shit. I, I would much rather be funded directly by my listenership and my viewership. That is far more important to me than anything any sponsorship could ever give me because I will never be under the I will never be under the the I will never be under the fucking contract or obligation of a sponsor or somebody to tell me how to do what I want to do. It is as simple as that. But I want to get into something else. Titanfall 2 apparently had hurt Battlefield One sales, and this is what EA is, uh, oh, I apologize, that's not what EA is saying, that's what Respawn is saying, good old Vincent Zampella, you fucking shady motherfucker, <laughs> you shady fuck, okay, now, I want you to hear what Vince Zampella says, the game was successful, it sold well, but it didn't, didn't quite sell as well as it should have, Maybe because it was super crowded, the pricing was aggressive, it was a rough window to launch our game. Yeah, no shit. Every single gamer or anybody gaming... Jour- I think that was one of the few things gamers and gaming journalists, everybody could fucking agree upon. Oh. EA and Respawn launching Titanfall 2 at the same time frame, it was a bad idea. And it's really weird... Because I remember earlier that EA and Respawn, before this game launched, they weren't concerned at all about the packed release schedule. They said, oh, no, it's not going to affect anything. It's great. No, nobody's worried. Nothing's wrong at all. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine, guys. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, it's not fine. It's not really fine. Okay. Let's look, at, let's look at Titanfall 2. If I, if I, I just brief, brief, briefly run on Titanfall 2. Titanfall 2, better than Titanfall 1, 100%. However, broken reputation caused that game's downfall. And then you get the bar of entry to every single multiplayer-oriented first-person shooter and to skill level and towards the entry level to where core players become the hardcore players to where those are the guys that are populating the fucking servers and to the entry level player who is going to get... Wrecky, 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 wreckety, wrecked. We're talking super wrecked. We're talking Bobby Lashley takes you down and Gorilla fucks you wrecked. Seriously, man, powerful. Brock Lesnar with his with his Shane, you know, Brock Lesnar Shane Carwin just grabbing you and throwing you over his head type of wrecked. Look, people. Respawn has said Titanfall Two, it interrupted sales for Battlefield One. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's going to hurt sales on every front. That's exactly what's going to happen. Okay. What what do you expect game industry? What the fuck do you think is going to happen? EA and respawn saying this right now just tells me that they're not even planning ahead anymore. They don't even give a, they, they can't be, they can't be thinking. There's no way. Are they just developing game by game? Maybe that, that could exactly be what it is. They could just be developing game by game and, and, and not even thinking about what they're saying to press or whatever the fuck's going on. I don't, I, I have no clue. Because earlier you say, oh no, we're not worried about it because it's a packed as fuck launch window and it's going to definitely affect sales. But EA and go, no, it totally won't. And then it affects sales. And then they go, oh well. It affects sales. I don't really know what happened. I mean, we put it out there on time, and... That's what they fucking sound like. It's a bunch of fucking dribble. It's upsetting, man, because, truthfully, uh, Titanfall just got a a new co-op mode for free. And some Titans, and some maps, and some shit, so... It's not as if the game is totally dead. There is a small core fan base that still plays it, so, I mean, I get on it every now and then. Every now and then, I get on PC, and I play Titanfall. It's like... 20 minutes, I'm going, oh, okay, now I know why I don't play Titanfall, because it's boring. Like, because <laughs> all these, uh, here's, it's just multiplayer first-person shooters. They're, they're, they're the Michael Bay of video games. They really are. They are easily digest, dude, multiplayer FPS is like Call of Duty and Titanfall and Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty World War 2, which is just Activision's shitty attempt at ripping off Battlefield 1. It's a shitty attempt. And not for nothing, it sounds like a boring fucking game. It sounds really fucking boring. When the most impressive thing they can talk about is their new headquarters, it just makes me go, okay, you know what? Go away. The only thing that was even halfway interesting about it was the regenerating health difference that's gone now, yeah, and, and the ammunition resupply, which is also different, which you have to get through a squad mate. That's fine. But everything else just seems... Eh. Well, once again, slight improvement on mechanics that we've seen before in a $60 gift, in, in a $60 cookie wrapper. Not really something I would call the greatest thing in modern gaming. Not exactly something I, I, would, I would look at and cite as games that you could really spend a lot of your effort into. Because a lot of them, like I said, are money sinks. And you want to talk about another money sink? Destiny 2 is partnering with Rockstar Energy Drinks for DLC. All right. Okay. Now let's let's think about this. Okay. Red Bull. Remember Red Bull? People were pissed at Bungie Activision and Red Bull when they did that fucking energy drink promotion. If nobody bats an eye at this shit, I'm going to be very confused because it, I'm assuming Gamers will probably call this some schlock, but come on, people. This is always this is this has been going on in modern gaming for a long time. It's just video games tying in to the gamer stereotypes of fucking fatty snack food. All right, and when I mean fatty snack food, that includes energy drinks. You fuck all that goddamn sugar makes you fat. Remember that, you fucks. I love you, but seriously, some of you, some of you fuckers, man. You you aggravate me with with um. Uh, How you guys choose to uh, what you guys choose to put in your bodies—it's fucking preposterous. I mean, people give me shit for smoking weed, but I go, yeah, but I don't—I don't fucking kill my body with processed shit that your body doesn't know what to do with. Your body takes a little bit and goes, ah, what is this? What do I—what do I do with this? This is fucking wrong. It's not supposed to be here. But in light of that little rant, like I said, Destiny Two is partnering up with Rockstar Energy Drinks for DLC. Look, people. It's no surprise, all right? All it is is what I said earlier. It's very, it's just cheap. It's just fucking cheap, okay? So, just like the Red Bull promotions and all these goddamn things, cans feature codes that are redeemed online which unlock in-game gear. And there you go. It is what it is. Gamer. Gamer. The identity. Put on the shelves, put on the rack at GameStop, ThinkGeek, at your Walmarts, and even at your fucking local mini-marts where you buy energy drinks with the video game characters on there. Tell you this much, people, I'm impressed. Gaming has come a long way. It's very impressive to see how big it's gotten in the time that it has. Unfortunately, I look at it, and I go, it got so big because it catered to a fan base that wasn't the one that, that kept it alive when it wasn't popular and that's gamers, and it's very, it's very strange to say that, because I've been a gamer a long time, and I love video games, but the modern gaming industry I see today is not one that I enjoy to talk about, it's not one that I like, it is one filled with penny-pinching, by-the-numbers people, who have agendas for figures over creativity, and it's it's upsetting. in a, in a, In a small way, it's upsetting because it's only a minor. It's only a mi- if gaming died tomorrow, it'd be a minor loss to me, but it'd still be a loss. I don't know. I don't know what can help the situation, but you know what definitely can't help the situation: spending 50- fifteen hundred fucking dollars in Fortnite before getting your mythic hero. This is exactly the shit I'm talking about. This is the dumb shit that, that, that companies have gotten gamers to do. It's insanity to me. What the fuck, people? So Epic Games. I apologize. Let me load this up for you. I have not been loading any of these articles up for you for the people who watch it on uh, feeds and all that shit, so that is my fucking bad. Oh my God, I got stuff flying everywhere. That is my bad, people. I do not know what's going on in my brain. But it's fucking shameful, man. Corporate America, you suck my fucking dick. We don't need you. We really don't. It's unfortunate. Okay, so a Fortnite hero has spent $1,500 before he got his Mystic Hero. Fifteen hundred, count it. Fifteen hundred dollars, U.S. motherfucker. Put that in your denomination counter. That's insane. That's insanity. Now, right now, mythic heroes are rare in Fortnite in Fortnite's lore. Okay, there's only one known way to unlock unlock heroes for free. Players have to complete the game tutorial to get to uh, understand base building mechanics. They got to collect as many loot llamas as they can then users can crack the llama-shaped piñatas for loot which opens which includes new heroes. The only other way is to spend real currency on loot llama packs. And that's exactly the route, that's the exactly the method that this one player took and he ended up spending 15 uh no, he spent $1000 uh before let's see. He spent 1000 Yeah, he spent $1000 before he unlocked a hero he wanted, okay. Uh, after s- okay, he spent fifteen hundred dollars in six days. No, no, no. Yeah, he spent he spent fifteen hundred dollars in six days, and then he finally unlocked his his hero. Now I ask everybody right now: Is that worth it to you? Considering the only other way to unlock it is through uh, the base management system and through, you know the actual gameplay element, the limited one that it does have and then you have to uh, get as many loot llamas as you can, crack the loot llama-shaped pinatas, open for loot, and then that's the possibility of getting the hero. Or you spend money. What do you think's going to happen? What do, you, what do you think in your mind, incentive-wise, you're going to want to do if you really like this game and you're already going to buy microtransactions and you don't care? You're going to buy them. You're definitely going to buy them. This is exactly the type of shit I'm talking about, man. This is this bullshit. What in the fuck? No, 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 seriously, I'm asking everybody right now, what in the fuck, what in the fuck sense does this make? I also want you to understand something, Epic Games released this game through early access, it was, now, early access, please pay attention to that, early access, why is a gamer spending $1,500 in an early access title to get counted one hero? That'll, that took him six fucking days. Six fucking days. There is no excuse for that. That is anti-consumer. That is anti-gamer. And if gamers do not understand this prospect and this marketing premise and this, 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 paint, this monetization model, that's what they all love to call it, it's the monetization model. Well, this monetization model is here to fuck you. That's all it's here for. And now we have gamers that are reaching out, that, that are in major gaming news nowadays. 1500 fucking dollars. Get the fuck out of here. For Fortnite. For fucking Fortnite. Are you shitting me? Okay, and I know there are people who going to say, oh, Rum, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's just a video game. Why are you so riled up? I'm, I'm riled up because... Ga- Video games, something that I've cared about my entire life, and then in my adult life, have I gotten extremely interested in the business aspect of it and the people who make these games? This is fuckery. That is mental gymnastics on an extreme level. Fuck all that. Don't support this type of shit. Do not support these practices. This is the type of shit that puts gaming into a wall. Absolutely fucking ridiculous, people. I don't know what's worse, the fact that they're getting away with it or the fact that they continue to get away with it and that they got away with implementing it in the first place. Why is there a mobile, freemium system interjected into, well, not only mobile games, but AAA games that you pay $40 to $60 for brand new? It just shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist, yet it does. Yet it does. And I'm called the dick because I point it out. And I say it's wrong. Okay. Okay, I'm sure. I'm crazy. All right. I got some bad news for everybody. I know that a lot of this show has been bad news, but here we're going to continue on with some more bad news. And you know what? I kind of like giving bad news right now because it's kind of fun because truthfully, I've been, that's all I've been doing for the last couple months. The gaming news has been, gaming industry has been doing nothing but making the worst, the categorically worst decisions you could possibly fucking make. I've just been going through a laundry list of them, and let's look at another one. Oh God! Since since we were talking about Titanfall earlier, I'll round it up again. The Respawn CEO, I believe, I I guarantee this is this is probably Vince. Yep, good old Respawn CEO Vince Campella has said that. Yeah, Titanfall sales were shit, but the game was successful, so. We're gonna make more Titanfall, so we're gonna get a third Titan. Oh. oh, we can't even give it the word. We can't even give it the name Titan Fail anymore. We can't even do it anymore. Here's why: Titanfall has been able to just become the cockroach of the multiplayer FPS genres right now they have just found a way to strive to survive by cannibalizing player bases from other more successful games in ea's and ea's wing that's how they're doing it i figured it out people i got the scoop it's not even a scoop because the scoop implies that i know something that you don't but you already fucking know this because you're smart because i know that smart people listen to my podcast because i bring most of you on for real check this out i think i think respawn is only around to grab more money. I, I really believe that, and here's how they did it, okay? Because I don't, I don't want to get into the whole Activision, Zampella, other guy, whatever his name was, split. I, I would actually love to do a video on it when I, when I uh, have a little more time. It's actually a pretty cool story, and that actually kind of led to the formulation of Respawn loosely i could be misremembering things so don't take my word for it definitely don't definitely don't hold me to that shit as far as credibility goes on that front until i research it i have no fucking idea i'm just i'm just thinking in my head I'm, i think i'm remembering some of the old information when it first when it first happened and then randomly kind of breezing through it looking it up just trying to get a better just, try, just trying to get a better context to what happened but look people Look at Titanfall. Titanfall is cannibalizing through other games. What that what what does that mean? It means that what they've done is they've been able to pull away enough gamers from other fucking multiplayer FPSs that are tired enough of it to, to to flat out quit. Who will go to Titanfall? Or Titanfall becomes the game that people go. Oh, you want to play Titanfall? I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's that game, and it's done well enough to warrant a third one. That's fucking preposterous. Jesus Christ! What? Oh my God. I have no interest in it. I, I, I don't. I don't. I have no interest in it. We already saw more Titanfall. We got we got that Titanfall other mobile fucking game. That comes out the the 10th of August. That comes out soon. So we already got another Titanfall game, and then we're gonna have another Titanfall game, and then we'll we'll have a Titanfall movie and then a Titanfall animated TV show and then Titanfall Pump Pop vinyl Funko Fuck you dolls. Woo! Woo! Oh, God, people, no, 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 Please learn your lesson. Please don't buy Titanfall. And I only say that not because I don't like Titanfall. It's just, I, there's no need for it. There's no need for it, man. It's, it's, already, pro- it's already proof positive that Titanfall is a dying entity. I mean, it's not quite as dead as something like an Evolve or... I guess, what was that other game? Or Pokemon Go, I mean, who saw massive drops in player base? And No Man's Sky saw a massive drop. They saw like 90% of their fucking players drop off. Now, I know they got a fuckload of them back because they're doing that augmented reality shit. I actually am going to be bringing Syrian Gaming on uh, uh, from YouTube. He's one of those No Man's Sky guys, and he's been looking at that augmented reality game pretty heavily. And I'd love to get Cobra's thoughts on it, too. Yeah, I haven't had Cobra on the podcast in a while. I definitely gotta bring him back. I love having I love having my boys on the podcast. It's always a good fucking time. How long have we been going for today? Going for a little over an hour. Okay. Uh, you know what, people? I was gonna I was gonna wrap it an hour, but I will get through a few of these with you. Uh where was it? Yeah, here we go. Here's, the, here's one I can get with you. Alright. Uh this one comes. In the world of Super uh, Smash Brothers. So, uh, Smash Brothers tournament organizers have admitted that they cannot pay their winners uh, six months after the fact. So, the National Fighting Game Tournament B7 was held in Sweden on February 17th through the 19th of 2017. Six months after the tournament's conclusion, the winners have not been paid. The organizers have now suggested that they won't get it. Well, fuck you too, asshole. You piece of shit. Pay me my fucking money, bitch. But uh, one of the undisputed top Super Smash Brothers Melee players in the world is owed over 2,000 euros for coming first in both of the game singles and doubles brackets. He tweeted yesterday about the situation, explained that Beast had yet ex- had yet to explain exactly what happened to his winnings. Then... Uh, Where is it? Sorry about that. L- I-, I have to find the uh, statement. I just lost it in this purviews loveliness of text fuck where is it forgive me folks i being a little silent i'm trying to uh find it usually i have somebody else here talking while i'm looking things up where the fuck was it okay a new statement has been made from beast explaining that the winnings cannot be paid out due to unexpectedly high costs of running the tournament what the fuck were you giving people there? Filet mignon steaks and New York strips? What's going on here? The representative stated that they were concerned for Lolaq's mental health, having isolated himself and unwilling to push him too hard on the matter. What? What? Wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. Who gives a fuck? Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. His mental health? The representative stated they were concerned for his mental health? What does that have to do with not paying a guy in his tournament winnings? That's so fucking bizarre. So, numerous attempts were made to contact the event organizers and tweets the Fighting Game Pro received an email from Beast Damage Control explaining why the tournament host, Lolex, had not delivered payment yet. The accusations against Lolex made... Made him isolate himself and made it hard to try and work out anything since he's the one that is paying out in the end. We're working on it, though, and hopefully it will be sorted out as quickly as possible. As for how quickly that is, I do not know. I can only hope you will understand. Okay, well, okay, so what this is, what this sounds like is that Lolex didn't take into the account the cost of operating the tournament. Now he can't pay the tournament guy, so... Now his mental health is in question. I I don't know the guy, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but that sounds fishy as shit. That does not sound viable to me. Because, and, okay, I have no idea what mental condition they're citing him to have. I have no fucking clue. It doesn't say. What I will say, if he does have a serious mental condition, I would have, I would think that he would have had enough insight to have somebody else assist him with the operating and the management of the tournament. You would think somebody would do that, especially because you have eSports people coming through, and then you're trying to present an air of professionalism in eSports. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Didn't Blizzard just give out $50,000 contracts plus benefits to some of their Overwatch players, to their pro players? I mean, that's giving, that's giving them a real air of, what do you call it, responsibility. Not only for themselves, but to their brand, to their team, to, their, to the game, to their own uh, popular status that they have, to everything. I mean, you're under a microscope and you're getting paid $50,000 to play video games. But even, even so, even so, I look at this and I go, this looks suspicious. Okay, And B7 definitely has a lot of answering to do. Cause I I don't buy into this. He has he he's get, he got mental issues because of the failure of the fucking ability to pay somebody. No, that sounds like is a guy who doesn't have the money and can't even. Get, I mean, what? Just email the guy back. Tell him, hey, I ain't got shit right now. It's been six months. In six months, you could have not sent him a hundred bucks, a hundred fifty, an apology, and twenty dollars just to say here's something. I don't know how I'll get it back to you, but let me try and give him something on a pit. I don't know, maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion, I don't think I am, that's fucking nonsense, that is ridiculous, man, six months, I can pay somebody back after six months, I don't know how much it is, now, he has to pay 2,000 euro, all right, I don't know how much the tournament costs were, all right, but Jesus Christ, man, are you out of your fucking mind, what kind of shit is this, man, just seems like a bad situation, man, bad circumstance unfortunate. You know, people, I think that's going to be it for today. I didn't have much more that I wanted to talk about, but thanks for stopping by everybody. Get the fuck out of there. Go smoke a blunt. All right. Scott does not become self-aware. I will see you next time.